every bit of it. Then they send a crew out to Maui. They send a crew to London. They send it to California. They must have spent $100,000 on, on interviewing me, and it came out for four minutes. Four minutes on the Sunday after Thanksgiving last year. And you know what three and a half of those four minutes were about? My leukemia. And why you shouldn't really believe what I'm saying, because if what I was saying was true, I would never get leukemia. Even though I had told this guy, Dan Harris, I had told him so many times, you know, I've never said that if you believe what I believe, your body isn't going to ever wear out and you're never going to get anything. What I'm talking about is whatever shows up in your way, learn how to dance in the rain. Don't be saying that the rain will never come, that you'll never have storms, you know. But then that's what they want. That's what they like to do. So he said to me, he's about five foot seven. He weighs about 140 pounds. And he said, so you're telling me that if I follow everything that you say, that I could become a linebacker for the New York Giants. Then I said, Dan, does that feel natural to you? And he said, no. I said, well, then you can't do it. You already set yourself up so it can't work. Why would you put into your imagination something that doesn't feel natural to you? That's just a me. I mean, if you're overweight and you want to lose that weight, does it feel natural for you to be a normal weighted? It doesn't at first, but it doesn't feel possible for you? Yes, it feels possible for you. You didn't come into this world obese. You didn't come into this world addicted. You didn't come into this world with all of those two. But at five foot seven, to be a linebacker for the Giants? That just doesn't, why would you even think that? That's just such a silly thing to say. And if it doesn't feel natural to you, you can wipe out everything I've said. Make it feel natural to you. Okay, those are the seven components. Herman Melville, writing in Moby Dick, had these words. He said, for as this appalling ocean surrounds the verdant land, so in the soul of man lies one insular Tahiti, full of peace and joy, but encompassed by all of the horrors of the half-lived life. Don't live a half-lived life. There's a Tahiti inside of you. And Patanjali put it this way. He said, when you are inspired, meaning in spirit, meaning connected to your source and thinking like God thinks, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all of your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind, transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction. And you find yourself in a new and a great and a wonderful world. And then he said these words, dormant forces, that is forces that you thought were dead to you, dormant forces, faculties and talents come alive. And you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. And I add, you discover that you are God because in every moment of your life, you have this choice from A Course in Miracles. You can either be a host to God or a hostage to your ego. It's your call. God bless you and thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Go with God. It works. It really does. In the next session, you'll hear highlights from more of Dr. Dyer's live seminar recordings on the secrets of manifesting. to different frequencies and the music's playing how come you can't hear it you need a radio so I'll give you a radio and do you think the music's coming out of the radio think the music creates the radio the radio creates the music you can tear it apart take all the parts out Look inside, you won't find any music in there. That's what Paramahansa Yogananda said, is what God is like. Out there playing, talking, communicating, available to us. And the reason we can't hear the music, or the reason we don't know God, is because we're not tuned in, we're not aligned. And when you do, when you align, your brain is like the radio. You look inside and uh, you won't find God in there. You won't really find much in there, it's just another instrument that is being used to bring higher consciousness, higher awareness, God to you. I talked to a doctor not too long ago and he's very skeptical about all of this kind of stuff and he said, you know, Wayne, he said, I've, uh, I've cut into a lot of bodies, thousands of them. He said, I've never seen a soul. And I said to him, Dean, I said, um, have you ever seen a thought? when you cut into those people? You think they don't exist because you can't see them, because you can't find them with your scalpel? <laughs> see, the music is always playing, all the time. And we all know that if I gave a radio to each one of you in here and had you set it to a different frequency, 
we could hear all kinds of different music in here. It's always playing. God is always there. And to think that your brain is the thing that you're going to use to access God is very much believing that the music is inside the radio instead of seeing it as a instrument for bringing music to you. And those thoughts that you have all day long are really just the thoughts of God. You get to decide which ones you're going to tune into and pick. self. That's what this is about. We had to put a, a label on this. It's about your highest self. It's about the I that keeps occupying all these bodies that you see and all the changes that keep taking place in these bodies that you're in. And I laugh at people who are going to stop the aging process of the body, you know. The aging process is just part of everything that shows up in the physical realm. Nothing that shows up in the realm, including the planet and the solar system, escapes birth, growth, decay, death. But there is a part of us that is birthless, deathless, changeless. The I. A different eye than the one you refer to because the eye you mostly refer to is an eye of the ego the eye i'm asking you to consider is that invisibleness that just keeps watching the different bodies that you're in and you watch things happening to this body and you know that the moment that you were conceived that everything that was to take place for this body was already handled for you including your death and your birth I just a few months ago turned 70. Uh, yeah. I know I don't look it. Uh, that's what you're supposed to say. At least that's what my mom still says that when she tells people she's almost 95, you know, and then she waits. <laughs> you don't look 95. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then she. <laughs> I can't even comprehend that number <laughs> what it means and because uh, uh, everybody in my youth when I thought was old like my grandmother and the lady I lived in an orphanage with for 10 years and all of that I just thought they were so ancient and they were all like 10 years younger than I am now so <laughs> um, so um, somehow the universe or God or source or whatever has uh, prompted me to uh, to do a weekend on manifesting. And uh, what I've been asking myself ever since I agreed to do it, and I ask myself as I do right now standing up here, who am I to be telling anybody about, well, about anything, but about manifesting particularly, other than I've been uh, very blessed to be able to uh, 
attract into my life virtually anything I've put my attention on for my entire life. So I look back and I sometimes go back at books that I've written and I look at them and I, um, I think, geez, I was really pretty smart. I really, you know, this stuff is really good. But then, you know, one of the things I've learned is that um, in order to know something uh, mentally, you think about it, you intellectualize about it, you tear it apart, you, you examine it, you go through a lot of intellectual exercises, you take notes on it, you try to memorize it, you know, you take a test on it, and uh, you hope you pass the test, you know, that's like learning things mentally. Um, but what Neville said, Neville Goddard said uh, that only one in a million people, that means maybe 300 in America, he said only one in a million people understand this truth, that in order to know something spiritually, you have to experience it. You can't learn it by just analyzing it. In fact, analyzing the first four letters of analyze should help you understand what that is. It's tearing things apart. It's ripping them apart. Whereas experiencing something in your heart is what's called synthesis rather than analysis, where you, you bring it all together and then you carry it with you and you live with it in your heart. I'm now experiencing it. And the last month has been, uh, not just the last month, the last six months or so, and particularly since um, I've been diagnosed with leukemia. Since that diagnosis a year ago, June, and I may have had it for 10 years before, I don't know. Um, it was found by just coincidence, <clears throat> if such a thing exists. Uh, but um, I have really shifted myself, and you probably can even see it just looking at me. Um, I'm different. I have a different body. I have different... Uh, uh, I have a sort of a softer approach to life, a kinder approach, a more compassionate way of being with everyone, including those who don't agree with me and those who uh, we're fighting wars against. start with a poem, and it's a poem that was written by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who wrote the uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And as you listen to the words of the poet, I'd like you to um, really think about uh, whether these words resonate with you. Not whether they resonate with you as uh, well-written poetry, but whether the message of this uh, poem is something that you believe is possible. Um, it's a poem that I put at the beginning of a book I wrote years ago called Real Magic. So this is the poem. The poet asks, what if you slept? And what if in your sleep you dreamed? And what if in your dream you went to heaven and there picked a strange and wonderful flower. 
And what if when you awoke, you held that flower in your hand? Ah, what then? The poet asks. I'd like you to think about that. Manifesting something from a dream state, from just a thought, from just an image, and having it show up right there in your hands. Is it possible? Is that just a poet's fanciful dreaming? Is it something that we're capable of creating for ourselves? And of course, one of the lines that always stands out for me from the New Testament, from the words of Jesus, is uh, with God, all things are possible. Now that leaves nothing out. So anything that your mind has been trained to believe is not possible. You have to really begin to examine. Because um, basically, all of us here, including myself, have pretty much been raised to be ordinary. And I don't mean ordinary in a pejorative sense. I just mean we've been raised to get along, to fit in, to do what is expected of us, to be good people, to raise our family, to fit in, to pay our bills, to pay our taxes, to obey the laws, to do, you know, this is how we've been raised. I'm not here to put any of that down. What I'm suggesting is that ordinary is here. And I believe that there's a place called extraordinary that all of us originated from and we lost it and we moved and accepted being ordinary. And ordinary in the sense of getting getting to a place in our life where external measures of what it is that we're supposed to be, external measures of success begin to define us. But I'm talking about internal measures here. And this is what I want to say to you. As you begin to elevate your consciousness into the extraordinary, higher awareness is the place that you get to when you put your attention on something that you are living from a place of passion and you become it. And you know how you know that this is possible? Because every night that you go to sleep for eight hours in your dream state, you're doing exactly that. You place your attention on what it is that you would like to have there for you and you are it. There's no age, there's no time, there's no space, there's no beginning, there's no end, there's no death. There's just now. And if you need to be five, you're five. And if you need your grandpa back, he's there. And if you need to resolve anything, like you want to have a Mercedes, you don't have to get out of your bed and go down to the store and shop and you just, there you are. You're, it's like you have this capacity. And then you wake up and you awaken and you say, oh, I was just dreaming. And you think, I can't do that. But one of the most profound teachings that Jesus ever offered us was this, that even the least among you 
can do all that I have done and even greater things. That it's within each and every one of us to have this capacity to do these miraculous things, to live an extraordinary life. Let's live an extraordinary life. Let's live an extraordinary life. Thank you, Dr. Dyer. Thank you, Dr. Dyer. Let's live an extraordinary life. I'm going to... Um, however much is left on the CD, um, I'll save it for the next episode. And then that's it. The next episode, and then that's it. That's the uh, the end of this book, Secrets of Manifesting by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. And uh, namaste, just as uh, Dr. Dyer might say, namaste. Namaste. <laughs>